Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, Road to Growth listeners. Today, I got Jeremy uh, Flowers. He is the owner of Tax Nerd and Enterpriser. Basically, when you got something good like Tax Nerds, we take it to the next level with Enterpriser. So that's kind of, I guess, the mindset. But now you're asking, okay, what's Tax Nerds? Well, that's why we have Jeremy here. Kind of give a brief sure. insight into kind of Tax Nerds and Enterpriser. Okay. All right, everybody. My name is Jeremiah, uh, uh, the Enterpriser, also founder and CEO of Tax Nerd. Um, tax Nerd is a, um, it's a tax preparation, accounting, and business startup product. Um, this product came about um, uh, me kind of in the industry of taxation and working as a tax professional and just being out there, you know, servicing people. And I just, I foresaw a lot of things in regards to um, taxes and, you know, just the, the, the industry changing way before the tax law reform happened in 2018. So having foresight, seeing things that were going to take a turn for the worse, I started to develop a product and a brand based around problems that was getting ready to happen in the tax industry. So just took the time and got before, you know, the Lord asked me, give me a name that will be super catchy. Even if the consumer do not buy from me and they do not come my way, it's just that name will forever stick on your brain. You know, so uh, God gave me tax nerd. And, um, you know, I just began to build the uh, brand around that, the product and our service that in the long run, it, it, it mainly helps, you know, the consumer, help them to understand taxation, understand IRS tax code, how they can leverage it and use these, you know, principles in their life. Same thing that Jeff Bezos used, Donald Trump, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and so on. You know, these uh, uh, people utilizes within utilizing their companies and their money to pay little to no taxes. So that's what tax nerd does. It helps you to regulate money, shelter to money and pay little to no taxes. So it's it's something to uh, reckon with. Were you into numbers at a young age, like a little kid? Were you doing numbers or who were you at a young age? Uh, at a young age, I wasn't in the numbers, but I was into um, methodically analyzing um, everything and everybody around me from my environment, uh, people, uh, uh, just um, places. You know, growing up in, you know, Los Angeles, um, California, you know, the Crenshaw District. Um, around like what the 80s and 90s, we all know, you know, just the craziness that went on around that time between the 80s and 80, uh, late 80s and then early 2000s. So growing up in an environment like that, I just really had to methodically just kind of um, really, <laughs> you know, map things out from beginning to my, my day to the end of the day, even being in elementary. So it was just didn't know I love numbers, but I just leveraged numbers in, you know, everyday life. Then coming, you know, uh, uh, up to date to know that, okay, numbers is a thing, then taking a further liking to them, you know, going into business and what so. So would you say you're uh, like a kind of an entrepreneur mindset or like trying to get a better idea? So you're assessing kind of what's going around there. I mean, what is what does that entail? Uh, it entailed um, understanding and learning people. Um, I understood at a young age that, you know, um, I had a liking to, uh, people drew to me. So people would come to me, they felt liberal. So um, I, I, I began to learn what it, what it is to um, service people, communicate with people, be a um, level of different levels of a confidant, you know, and then going into working the various companies for, for Fortune 500 companies, I found myself um, in these companies helping to be an asset to these companies. People would just come in to, 
you know, talk to me and, and, and of course, purchase goods and services, just me being there. So I'm working for companies, but I'm wondering why people coming back to this company, um, you know, to see me and talk to me. So it just kind of helped me to understand, OK, there's something inside of me. I got to get out there. Uh, an entrepreneurial spirit. There's a people person. And I just love to just saw a problem. I, I was a problem, so, pro, pro, a problem solver. I, 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 I enjoy engaging adversity and just figuring out, you know, how to, um, you know, solve that problem and create multiple solutions. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So people were, were drawn to you. Like, so you're in, you're in school, um, in high school, people are drawn to you. Did, were you, into class or was it more about the people that you had to surround kind of giving them feedback what was going on or, or what, who were you like, does that make sense? Like the, who were you at in school? Were you basically a book person into numbers or was it strictly, Hey, you know what? I'm trying to enjoy basically high school, you know, Hey, I got an idea for you over here. Let me try to let me try <laughs> some side cash. I mean, who were you in, in, in high school at that young age? Uh, be honest, me in high school, I was not a well-known kid. I knew everybody I went to school with. I wasn't a bookworm, but I did my work. I was too smart for my own good, but I was a kid that people teased. I was a kid that people teased. They talked about, you know, tried to keep the guy under your foot, but still everybody kind of wanted to have around, you know? So I, I guess you could say I was a, I was a loner, you know? Why did they tease you? Do you remember? Uh, I guess just because um the, the the things you know um, me growing up and just having a lack thereof things and one parent in a home single mom uh, uh four siblings you know didn't have the latest fashion in the not eighties and nineties and that was a rough time you know what I mean and just not having the moral support uh community support so it just back then it it was just <laughs> it was school of hard knocks me <laughs> no I mean I mean we're driven by you know, where we grew up. I mean, I've had a lot of people on this platform where their childhood has affected who they are today. And that's right. their big why. That's why they're so more of a hustler than maybe someone else that was given everything. So, no, I, I appreciate your transparency. So you're saying that people kind of looked at you because you maybe you didn't have what they might have, right? Yeah, they, they, okay. I didn't have what I didn't, I didn't have what they have on the, on the outside. Yeah. So and then knowing that, OK, if someone suppresses a person like this as much and trying to do internal damage, there's something on the inside of me that, you know, the people around me and just unknown factors don't want me to get a hold of. So I said, I'm going to figure this out later. What's on the inside of me that people see that I can't yet pinpoint. Did now usually what I see in, in these kind of situations is when you're put in that situation, you're either starting to believe those kind of negative affirmations, right? Of like, you're nothing, your outside describes your inside, or it's the other way where you're saying, you know, I'm going to prove these people wrong. What, right. what did you do? Was it one way or the other way? Uh, for me, it was, it was a, um, a, a percentage of proving people wrong. And it was a percentage of, you know what, I'm going through this level of a scrutiny as a kid from eight years old. You know what, as I grow into my adult age and just a person, I want to be that person to be able to help people overcome adversities, various levels of adversities, how to deal with stuff from hard words to, you know, uh, uh, bad environments and not having this and having that and mentally having to overcome, you know, multiple challenges in your life. So I took it as like, you know what, I'm going to just I'm going to go through this fiery furnace process being a kid. I was aware of a lot of things that, you know, eight years old after my father left. So I said, I'm going to learn what it is to take fire, learn it break it down, understand the processes of it, the pros and the cons, the plus, the minuses of it. So in lieu, wherever God has me to be, 
I could be able to understand and, and facilitate adversity. So you're in, you're in high school and then what happens next? Is it, and you talked about the corporate world that you're in basically working at different places. Did you have right. a job at that point in high school or when you got out or did you go to college or what happened next? Uh, out of high school, um, I, well, in high school, I was working at the Magic Johnson Theater in, in L.A. And I was like the big thing out there. Magic Johnson had just opened that. So I was in the movie theater working as an um, employee, worked my way up to assistant manager and so on. Um, but then uh, I, I didn't quite get all my credits um, out of Crenshaw High School. So I had to go to manual arts based on some things happening, name getting tossed up in the wrong crowd and I finished there. Then I'm um, at the manual arts high school. I got my diploma there. Then I went on to job corps in Utah. So learning trades, got away from home, you know what I mean? And then I came back home, you know, just based off making just bad decisions, Vinny. <laughs> and then from there on out, I just left to Michigan to go find my father. Cause I knew that was a, I had to do that Vinny to in order to close a chapter in my life. So I can now for therefore, you know, just kind of live life, you know, to the fullest, you know what I mean? what do you think? I mean, cause I've had people, again, I've had people on the podcast where they talk about when they leave the place they grew up, right? Because some people that, that they were, when they're in that place, right. People want to pull them down or say, Hey, you can't do this because they didn't do it. But once you leave it, the opportunity, you fresh start, people are okay with allowing you to be whoever you want to be. Did you see anything like that? Or did you have a good support system uh, when you were in LA? originally uh well it was just my mom and you know aunties and uncles and family um there was support there but i would say it wasn't to where i was able i guess where i felt comfortable where i can kind of engage and have the openness mm -hmm. to um know what it is to, to communicate what i was feeling on the inside of me and, and, and i'm glad i experienced that because now being a father of four boys i provide a platform where they can come in and communicate to me at any time how they feel what's on their mind and things of that nature. So the support was there, but I barely had it. I didn't know how to engage it. And it was just at that time, you know, that dispensation of time, it's like everybody had to survive that, you know, that era, you know? Yeah. And so you're, you're working, you're going to school, you go to Utah, you come back to LA and then you decide basically the path to try to find your father or reach out to your father. Right. Yeah. Found my father just kind of had to um, go through some things, asking questions and, get some answers, let some things off my heart, ask for forgiveness. And just, I had to get out of, I had to get out of that place being locked up, being upset, you know, when he left for so long. And then um, once I did that, it, it seemed like everything just started. It started from there, you know, just uh, the path that, you know, got half of me, it just began to just unfold. And now I'm like, okay, now I can move. I got over this huge milestone. You know what I mean? So, so now you kind of let that, that off your shoulders, whatever that was, you're back in the corporate world, right? You're working for places again back in LA. Right, right. I, I was working at Staples slash Office Depot on and off in Michigan and um, Texas. So I was able to transfer my job. So when I was in Michigan, I worked at Staples. When I moved to Texas, I transferred uh, from Staples to um, Office Depot, stayed in Texas for about a couple uh, uh, years. And I went back to uh, uh, Michigan, you know, just for a while because I kind of got used to the environment, transferred my job back there. So I was working for those two major companies back and forth, still keeping my job, traveling and just figuring out which direction I wanted to go with working and uh, uh, entrepreneurship and as a business owner, just building myself, you know. So you're building yourself, you're kind of growing your mindset. 
at that point, I know you brought the idea of entrepreneurship, yet you're worth a company that's kind of a steady paycheck. And it's probably pretty enticing to say, I could be a manager in a couple of years, or I can be even higher. I mean, right. what was drawing you back or was he even drawing you back to starting your own business? What was that, that idea, that, that mindset or what were you kind of thinking at the time? Do you remember? That mindset, Vinny, is just like these companies that I would go to, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm servicing people. I'm helping the community. I'm helping consumers. And I'm finding people are just like flocking to me. I'm learning things about technology, things about uh, graphic designing and all this stuff. And people would just flock to me. So I'm like, what, what is going on? Why are these people just coming in here just to, hey, where's Jeremiah? So I'm like, you know, there got to be more to this. I'm working this job. I'm helping grow this company. I'm servicing the public. But people are asking for me. So I'm like, I got to tap into why people want me, you know, to service them. So I started to learn certain trades and pull consumers from companies to say, hey, now I do this. Let me service you with the same service I work for this company. Now I have my own company. So now I learn what it is in regards to public relations and building uh, a good rapport with, you know, consumers out in, you know, the marketplace. Well, what, what was the product? So, I mean, it sounds like you're working at Staples and, working, and they, they have a, a product, right? But you were, I guess it sounds like trying to start something at that time and take right. the customer away to sell a product to them. What was the product at that time? Right. At that time, I was working at Staples in, in their copy and print department because so I was yeah. doing things like printing, uh, designing, uh, uh, large, uh, bulky order, shipping, uh, things of that nature. Then I would work in a tech department. Um, selling on um, printers and computers and helping people to understand the ins and outs of how devices, you know, work. So all that stuff, learning that stuff and service of people correlated into um, where I'm going and where I'm at now. And then what you, okay, so you're still with the corporations, you're learning sales, you're learning kind of education on the job. And then when was your, your I guess, when did you leave or at least start the idea of starting your business or was it a side hustle while you're working there? What was that process like? So uh, when I got back to California, so I came back to California after being on the um, East slash Midwest. I came back home. The Lord kind of led me back home. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to go back home and just do what I feel like I got to do in California. So uh, my last job after Staples and Office Depot in Lancaster, California, I worked for Bank of America Call Center. So I worked in the escalation department helping people to try to save their home, you know, uh, time they were countrywide, but helping people to try to save their home. I had to kick people out their house. I had to send the sheriff. So I think when I got fired from that job, I said, you know what? I'm going to step out and start my own business. This, this is the last job I'm going to ever do. And I just kind of like, you know, by faith, just went at it, you know, from there. What was that business? Uh, it, I was still doing uh, graphic designing. I was building websites and I was doing um, networking routing systems inside of people's homes. Okay, so this was kind of your, your side hustle then that you kind of right. picked up for other companies. Okay, so at that, now you're you're doing basically the graphic design, doing the wiring. What was, how are you getting word out? Was it, hey, I'm at this job right here. Hey, you know what? Office Depot is charging you this, but I can charge you this on the side. Or how are you getting business uh, for that company, for the graphic design and things like that? Actually, I never did like marketing. I just help one person that had a lot of influence and I impact, you know, <laughs> them so much where they just spread the word about me. So I understood the concept of word of mouth. So 
over the years, and I still do it, Vinny, it's like I peel back the onion layers of word to mouth, what it is to perfect myself, integrity, morality, doing things in the right manner. And that understanding that goes a long way. So when I tapped into that and begin to peel that back, I didn't have to really pass out a business card. I just find the person that was tied to groups and groups of people service them and they would therefore refer me as the, you know, marketing, you know, strategy to the people that they know. And then now I got my phone ringing. Now I got emails coming in. So I will have consistent business that, that way. How would you find those people? Was it, I mean, was it going to places, looking on online or how are you finding those influential people to actually provide it? Cause I think a lot of people here, I mean, they would love to have that referral business right. Right when you're right. a company, and you're like, okay, well, Who's the right person that I need to get in contact with or work with? So how are you finding those people originally? Right. How will I find those people when I did work at these companies? I just had an intuition to know that, okay, this is a person I want to help them. And I guess I can say, you know, just being a man of God and being filled with the spirit, the spirit will let me know, hey, talk to this person. This person needs some help. So I, that intuition me utilizing that, talk to this person, help them, they need your help. And it's like, I would just like hand pick people, Vinny. I wouldn't talk to everybody. It's like, I got to talk to that person. I got to talk to that person. That's the person. So it's like, I'm choosing you. Does that make sense? So it was strictly off of the gut. It wasn't like, all right, you know what? That guy has a nice Rolex. He has a nice car, good clothes. Oh. Or, oh man, he's talking. He, he seems very powerful. He seems really tall. It was just strictly off of like faith. Of gut. Yep, exactly. And I still do that to this day. I still do it to this day. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I, I'm curious. So like when you, do you still do a lot of networking stuff? I yeah, I, I, I still do network stuff, mixers and, you know, going to um, various groups and things of that nature just to kind of, you know, get in various industries and things like that. So I still do that, you know, when I'm led to. If someone and I, and I know it's probably hard to describe it, but if someone's because something that I've heard at like a lot of networking events and I don't go to a lot of them anymore. Uh -huh, right. Right. Yeah. Usually the person that's the best dress is not the person you want to talk to. It's the person that's really not that well dressed. Because they're doing the most kind of business. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a, a rule of thumb that I've done. I've looked at. Yet I would love. Is there a, a, a nugget or a tidbit that if someone's listening right now and they're going to go to a networking event, what's something to look out for? Because you want to basically work with that person or what's the process like that you go through? You know what, Vinny? You, you actually said it. A person that's the best dressed, sometimes you want to stay away from them. Not saying that they're they're. They're not they're not the potential, you know, consumer or potential client or potential person to connect with. But it's more so that person that's kind of minding their business. They're casually communicating with people. They're confident. They have a confident demeanor. They're creating an ambiance around them and they're just kind of moving swiftly. So you really got to watch people in a way in which they communicate, not outright, but just, you know, in a, in a level of silence, the way they move, because communication can. It's being communicated all kind of ways. So you have to be a watcher of people. You know, everybody has different dialects. So you have to watch the dialect of people when they talk, you know, eye movements, gestures and all of that. So I, I watch for all that stuff before I engage a person. So you kind of assess the room, get a feel for it, see how people are interacting. And then like a, a tiger out for the hunt, you go, OK, that's where I want to go. Right, right. And first thing, right. I'm taking authority over the room. So I'm walking in the room, make, making sure I'm saying, hey, how you doing? Making sure my voice carries 
all throughout the room. So everybody's saying, who, who, who said that? So it sounds like the person, maybe the main keynote speaker, and I'm greeting everybody. Even if I don't know you, I'm asking your name. I'm seeing if you got a name tag so I can address you by name, you know, and if, as if I'm, I know you, you know? What, what is that uh, um, Dr. Powers or Austin Powers? Where he's, uh, I don't know if you've seen that that movie from back in the day, but he's walking through like in the Las Vegas uh, hall and he's going, Hey, there you are. Hey, there you are. And the guy's like, Do I know you? He goes, No, but there you are. Is that kind of like the. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's the tactic I leverage. Yep. Uh, so as as you're kind of growing your business, you're doing the marketing, you're doing basically uh, the. the um, basically do the marketing, do the online kind of stuff. When did Tax Nerd start coming about? When did that idea of Tax Nerd start coming about? The idea of Tax Nerd came about, I believe, is anywhere between 2015 and 2016. Okay. Because in the midst of being in the um, taxation industry, and I was introduced to the taxation industry by my pastor at the time, we were sharing an office. Mm. And I'm, you know, just doing business cards, doing orders. And he said, hey, Jeremiah, can you, um, you know, collect some money from me? You know, he saw me to be a dependable guy and a trustworthy guy. So I took the money. Oh, yeah, I'll pick up your payments. Within 15 minutes, I'm picking up $100, $300, $500, $600. Hey, man, what do you do? Man, you just made almost $1,000 in 15 minutes. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm a tax professional. And from there on, it just kind of went through the roof. But um, in between 15 and 16, I just kind of saw things turning in the tax industry. I said, you know, what, well, something needs to be created right now to where it's going to thrive in the midst of whatever's getting ready to happen in 18, 19, and 20, as we as we saw and are seeing in, in 21 as well, that just kind of is tanking. But then again, you know, it, it's rising for those that, you know, saw things on the horizon. And what was that? Uh, just um, currencies changing, um, tax laws changing, um, the economy just taking a full left turn in the wrong direction. Um, famine that just kind of entered the land, not knowing what caliber of famine and, 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 and pestilence and, you know, uh, pandemics, what you say, but things that's happening now and that all, you know, it's just tied to money. All of this stuff is just tied to money. But understanding that the key thing, which is taxes that a lot of people don't got a hold of when they out there making money, and they don't leverage it from that perspective because they don't know this stuff. They allow themselves to fall subject to you know, just, you know, uh, scrutinizing letters, not knowing the jargon or the dialect and just even having an understanding of how to approach this stuff. So that's why I say, you know what, I'm going to start to develop a, 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 a product slash service that's going to help people to understand um, what's going on in this world through these lenses. So as you have the idea, you're kind of building the brand. When did you know that you were on the right path? When I, when I knew I was on the right path first, when I came up with the name, I said, okay, this name is unbeatable. <laughs> it's unbeatable. It's like, you can't shake it. You can't shake it. And then um, next thing when 2018 hit, I said, okay, I was on the right path. And it was just kind of an affirmation, you know, from the Lord, just telling me, just stay the course, son, just keep moving. So I just began to build through trial and error, scaling and streamlining, you know, rebuilding, taking these bricks down, putting more mortar, you know, just ongoing business development, you know, and, and that's ongoing. You If you're a business owner, you will never stop developing your business. Never. So it wasn't, it wasn't a monetary or anything that, okay, I can, I can pay for my kids when you knew you were on the right path. It was simply on the idea that 
you were on the right path. It goes back to the idea of the gut. That's when you kind of knew. Yep, I kind of knew. And I, I knew coming up with an idea like that, it would take care of my wife, my kids for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? It's not about uh, a person shouldn't go into business seeking to make money. You, you, you want to go into business. You're going to make money. You want to go into business with a good idea that can just kind of um, shift and impact people in the marketplace. It's, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. And I'm guessing even at that time, the way you're getting your message out there was, again, simply word of mouth? Uh, word of mouth. Um, I was in Inglewood at the time, so I had left, migrated from Lancaster um, late 2013, and I went down to Inglewood. So I'm out there just kind of connecting with people. Uh, Inglewood is a, a whole another, um, you know, just area. So I started to connect with um, uh, politicians. I would go to the airport. I would go to hospitals. I would go to military bases. I would go to, you know, a uh, 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 truck stop. You see, I'm talking key places where all the industries, where all these people make money. So I would hit industries. I would literally make my attention to target market the income stream, not the person, but the income stream. Because if I found out the income stream, the people are there. And at that point, I can strategically pick out who it is I wanted to service. And you just go up to them, hey, you have to take a look at my, my platform. So we yeah, well, create a conversation with them, whatever it may be, if they keep, you know, catch eye contact with me or, you know, they just saw me and say, hey, it's something about that guy. And I would just approach him and talk to him. And nine times out of 10, these people would have a tax and business problem. They was like, you know what? I'm glad you came up and talked to me because I was just this morning asking, you know, the Lord and talking to people about who can I find that can help me with the situation I got. And then I just pop up out of nowhere talking to them. Someone as aggressive as you, which is I think I think a lot of people aren't as aggressive as you. Right. Um, and, I, and I love it. Also, something because I, I feel like I'm very aggressive also. Right. Uh -huh. The thing that that happens is you get a lot of rejection, too. Right. How do you deal with rejection? Oh, Vinny, man. <laughs> I had to learn to take no's. So my first objective, I wasn't I wasn't so one on. I didn't want to. Yes. I want to see how many how many ways I can take a no. I want to feel I want I needed to feel the emotion, the different millions of emotions that everyday people had and them to tell me no in their own way. Cause I knew a no was just, you know what? I don't know you. I don't really want to be open to you. Or I got hurt by the last three practitioners. Or it's just that, you know what? I'm just going through a divorce. I'm just going through a death in my family. So I learned how to engage people and take no's simultaneous ways. And, and I, I learned how to take that adversity because I learned how to engage it from a child. So I said, now that I'm in a corporate world. I had to learn how to take no's. I'm going to get a yes. That's inevitable. But I need to learn how to embrace these no's. So when I, therefore, moving forward, engage people with a no, I know exactly what to ask next. And I know how to respond. And I know how to combat that. Was that idea, that mindset, something you learned over time? Or is that something that you figured out when you were younger? Uh, I engaged it a lot as a kid. <laughs> so I guess I just kind of had Teflon skin, not even knowing. And then into my um, young adult age, um, I engaged it even more going into the workforce. Uh, then growing up as a man, I learned how to um, understand it and take it even more. You know what I mean? And not let it, not, not take it um, um, personal, but understand they have personal things going on within their lives and the various uh, solutions that I have for them. I just have to learn how to find a way in. 
what do you think um, has been the the biggest um, hiccup or uh, issues that you've had to kind of work through in kind of building your brand, building your business? Uh, man, the biggest hiccup and the biggest issue with building my brand, um, being patient with um with with the process, being patient with things that they, the things that you expect to happen when you want it to happen, you can't put an expectation on it. You just have to, um, there's a flow. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You have to understand that that stuff is going to happen. So in times when I was building my business, um, um, Vinny, I was like, okay, it seems like the right time. And I didn't understand it, that it wasn't the right time. So I really had to learn seasons and times when, okay, when the highs come, when the lows come, when there's just a consistency, I had to, um, Learn, I had to embrace that, that it's going to come around, it's going to be the same caliber of season, and it may go up and down, you know, at different times. But for the most part, I have to learn to be able to sell on those waves when those up and downs come and not get, you know, just distraught, Vinny, and not get upset and disappointed. So I had to understand, um, don't get disappointed when the stuff come around, because I would get disappointed, but I wouldn't make as much money. And I had rent due, and, you know, my wife was pregnant with you know, uh, my first kid and I was living out of my pastor's garage and, you know, <laughs> you know, the last quarter of the year, you know, it's just like money was just like not there. It's just I had to learn how to rejoice when there was nothing. But in the nothing times, I had to learn how to perfect my craft. So when the uptime came, I ride up with it. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. I mean, and I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this, but I'm still going to ask how how did that young kid that was picked on right at a young age have so much confidence today in themselves? Um, I guess he saw, he saw the future him. He, he knew that there's a future for this guy. I, I, I had the Liberty of, um, I had a friend, which was a friend of my brother's and his dad was very rich guy. One day I did school and I went to, you know, his dad's house and had a mansion. And for the mere fact, I hung out with this guy and I saw it. I said, okay, if I'm able to experience this and a guy would allow me to talk to him, you know, his dad would allow me to talk to him, um, ask him questions. We would drive around in his Rolls Royce, play, you know, uh, in the backyard tennis court. And I'm like, man, what is going on? This is a whole nother world. So I'm saying, you know what, if I can be here, what's what's for me later? There, there has to be something for me later. If I find myself here taking the risk and I got home and I got my butt toe up, Vinny, <laughs> but that whooping was worth it. So experiencing that, I said, you know what? There got to be something great later. Well, let's talk about being great. If we're talking to you in five years from now, where are you going to be? Where's your company going to be? Um, all my companies, I, I believe that they'll be um, probably more than likely Fortune 500, you know, uh, S&P 500, um, providing opportunities for um, ample people, you know, nationwide. It's already doing it now. It's just a matter of me, um, you know, just opening up even the more you know, just um, allowing people to, um, you know, kind of engage it and just present it to the world. Now I'm doing things where it's, it, it's coming off a backside of a mountain being presented, you know, to the world, but providing opportunities for people, allowing people to get the bigger piece of the pie, not allowing them to thrive. If they need a bottom line answer, hey, I can get you the bottom line answer in transparency. If I don't know that, I got an alliance team of people that can kind of um, get you the answer. So just not, not, not being that person that, a stumbling block for somebody, but being a, um, a staircase where they can kind of walk into the place that they desire to go, you know? 
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if someone's listening and they love your story and they want to hear more about what you offer and what your companies offer, what's the best way of them connecting with you and also your companies? Uh, they can connect with me on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Linktree, TikTok, um, uh, The Enterpriser. Everything is um, The Enterpriser, T-H-A-E-N-T-P, and it's tied to Tax Nerd. Um, you'll see me in, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, up and coming uh, press publications. I was in weekly, recently in LA Weekly, uh, Market Watch, Digital Journal, and, and the list goes on. So you'll start to see me in, you know, just various uh, major syndicate frontline publications and just throughout you know, social media. So it's just a time of just revealing um, and, and so on. So just, just ready for it, I guess. I'm going to finish it off with this question and we'll call it. If someone's listening right now and, and they're that kid that maybe doesn't have what other people have, right? And they're getting picked on like, like you were back in the day. What kind of feedback advice would you give that person? You know what? I, I tell that person to, um, Whatever you're going through right now is just for a mere moment. You know, you can't look at right now what's going on right now and think that's a long term decision. I definitely tell them, you know, just develop a relationship with the Lord, leverage his strength, leverage his power to deal with that situation so you can press past what's going on now. Because if you're going through that stuff now, there's a, a larger purpose on your life and there's people waiting on you you know, for you to become who you're supposed to be so you can help them. So you just got to just go through it. Hop in the furnace, let all the impurities and the things that are not supposed to be on you and in you burn it off. Just burn it off now. Go through it and just go through it with, you know, with joy. Because on the other side, you're going to be very happy with, you know, the person that you've been waiting to, um, you know, see and, and experience. You know, I, I've, I've never heard anybody say like that, the idea that, someone's waiting for the person you're supposed to be. That's an interesting way of putting it. I love it. It's fantastic. That's, that's great. Thank you, uh, Jeremiah, for being here. Hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets. Uh, please subscribe. Please share. Go follow the journey. And please, I hope wherever you are, look at your future self because they're only uh, moments away. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.